Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Now, let's join your host, Cleon Wall. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live, presented by Big O Tires. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Well, if you haven't heard the final score, BYU beats Boise State 31-28. They end their four-game losing streak. They end Boise's four-game winning streak. And BYU now is one game away from becoming bowl eligible. And what a game. I'm really going to miss these games with Boise State. And yes, I would have said that if BYU would have lost too. I really enjoy the BYU-Boise State games. I gave you my second half keys to the game. And uh, my first key to the second half was the offense needs to finish drives. I mean, that sounds like duh, because they just didn't do it in the first half. They scored on every drive in the second half. And to me, the difference was the dr- the first drive of the second half. Yeah, I know Puka Nakua scored that game-winning touchdown, and that was the thing that did it. But really, it was that first drive. BYU drove down. They were a few yards from scoring a touchdown. They were going to go for it on fourth down, and then it was an offside, so they said, we'll kick the field goal. Those points made all the difference in the world. So they got those three points, and then on the next drive, Nakua, 29-yard touchdown catch. A beautiful catch right over the top of the DB. A beautiful pass by Jaron Hall right into Nakua's hands. Beautiful. The next drive, Rapati, TD on a screen pass. It was beautifully drawn up, and then Rapati again uh, gets them down into scoring range, and then Nakua catches that ball. That, that last drive, by the way, Nakua, 27-yard catch, an 8-yard catch, and a 6-yard TD catch. It, just amazing. And that TD catch really was amazing. Barely getting his toe inbounds after bobbling the ball. Uh, my second key to the game was the defense needs to hold Boise State to two scores. Well, didn't happen. But they got stops on two of Boise's five drives. The, Broco, the Broncos scored uh, a TD on their first drive, second drive. Broncos only picked up one first down before punting. And then on the next drive, they scored on a one-yard TD, made it 21-17. It, lo- it took them less than two minutes to score the next time they got the ball. Here's what I'm choosing to believe in my mind. If I'm going to put my blue goggles on that they talk about a lot, if I put the blue goggles on, hey, maybe they let them score quickly, right? Kick the ball out of bounds, let them score quickly, so that BYU had plenty of time to go down and score a touchdown. Okay, that's probably not what happened. But in reality, the defense did enough tonight. They, they're one of my MVPs. I'm just giving it to all the defense. They did their job today. They only allowed one TD in the first half. They stopped BSU on two of their five drives in the second half, and that's what they did, what they needed to do, and BYU got the win. Jaron Hall's an MVP. He overcame two interceptions to throw three TDs in the second half. In fact, I just saw this from BYU Game Notes. Jaron Hall's 459 yards of total offense are a career best. 377 passing yards, a career high. He also had 82 yards rushing, and then he had four total touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and three passing touchdowns. And then what else do you have to say about Puka Natakua? What a receiver. He's BYU's best playmaker, and he showed it tonight. And then Hinkley Rapate, give him credit too. Two screen pass receptions in the second half. One goes for a TD, and the other one sets up the game-winning TD. So those are my MVPs for tonight. Fans, remember when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 on the app or at papajohns.com this coming Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location 
Monday only. All right, coming up, we'll update you on the day in college football. Cougar Post Game Live continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Cleon Wall. BYU wins in Boise tonight, 31-28. to My name's Cleon Wall. This is Cougar Post Game Live presented by Big O Tires. And welcome into our BYU radio studios. Usually I start out with local scores first, but, but this time I'm going to start out with a score that may surprise you. I mentioned it in the game, but let me, let me point this out to you again. Liberty beats Arkansas today 21-19 in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Liberty made a goal line stand with 1-11 left in the game to beat the Razorbacks. Maybe Liberty is actually for real, and that loss to them wasn't as bad as loss as you think it is. All right, uh, Utah Tech, the team that BYU is going to play next in two weeks, they are playing tonight. They're at home in St. George, Utah, and they're beating Southern Utah right now 41-29. to Right now, Utah Tech has only two wins on the season. Uh, 14th-ranked Utah hosting Arizona. 839 left in that game. Utah has a commanding 38-10 to lead. The team that BYU will play in the final game of the season. That's Stanford. They lose today at home to Washington State. 52-14, Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee, 23-40, of 40, 236 yards passing. Utah State, they beat New Mexico today, 27-10. to 10. Kicker Connor Coles actually scored a six-yard touchdown on a fake field goal attempt. That put Utah State in the lead 14-10, to 10, and then, of course, they go on to win 27-10. to 10. Weber State, rough, rough night for them. Uh, they lose today to Sacramento State. 33 to 30. Now let's get to top 25 action. There's a game on right now. And oh, what a game it is. 10th ranked LSU hosting 6th ranked Alabama. Right now, Alabama has a 21 to 17 lead. There's 226 left in the game, but LSU is at the 20 yard line. 4th ranked Clemson is going to go down today to Notre Dame. 35 to 7 is the lead for the Fighting Irish right now. 158 left in that game. 5th ranked Michigan all over Rutgers. 45-17-11-18 left in that game. Uh, 21st ranked Wake Forest at 22nd ranked NC State into the third quarter. Right now the Wolfpack have a 27-14 lead over the Demon Deacons. 24th ranked Texas beats 13th ranked Kansas State 34-27. Number one ranked Tennessee is not going to be number one anymore. They lose to third ranked Georgia 27-13. Second-ranked Ohio State beats Northwestern 21-17. Texas Tech goes into Fort Worth, and they lose at seventh-ranked TCU today, 34-24. Eighth-ranked Oregon, impressive win. Of course, they're playing Colorado, so it should be impressive. They win 49-10 today. 15th-ranked Penn State over Indiana, 45-14. Illinois, they lose their second game of the season. They're not going to be ranked 16th anymore. They lose at home to Michigan State, 23 to 15. So all the good mojo and vibes going the fighting line I way. Eh, not anymore. 17th ranked North Carolina. They hold on to beat Virginia today. 31 to 28. Oklahoma State. What is going on with them? Their second straight loss. They get hammered again. This time by Kansas. The Jayhawks beat them in Lawrence 37 to 16. 19th ranked Tulane. 
They win today at Tulsa, 27-13. They are now 8-1 and on the season. Pittsburgh, 19, 20th-ranked Syracuse, 9. I believe that's the Orange... Orange's second loss in a row, and then 25th ranked UF or UCF. I was going to call them the UFC. That sounds like ultimate fighting instead of actually a football team. UCF beats Memphis today 35 to 28, and a team that BYU will probably play well, well, they will play in the near future in the Big 12. All right, we are going to take another break here on Cougar Post Game Live when we start hearing from the people who are speaking uh, in the locker room. We'll get you down there and we'll have you hear from Kalani Sataki and players too. That's coming up soon. We'll have more on Cougar Post Game Live coming after this break on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Cleon Wall for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU ends their four-game losing streak. They beat Boise State today 31-28. to BYU plays again in two weeks against Utah Tech. And as we said, Utah Tech playing Southern Utah right now. And they lead Southern Utah 41 41- Two twenty nine. Welcome back into Cougar Post Game Live, presented by Big O Tires. And again, my name is Cleon Wall. Uh, let's uh, go over some other scores. I thought I'd uh, uh, talk about some scores in the Big Twelve because, hey, you know what? BYU is going to be playing in the Big Twelve next year. I covered a lot of them because a lot of the teams are ranked right now. So there are two other scores that I did not get to. A team that BYU played earlier this year, uh, Baylor. They win at Oklahoma 38 to 35. Boy, once mighty Oklahoma, they're now five and four on the season, two and four in the Big 12. Baylor now moves to four and two in the Big 12. Again, Baylor beats Oklahoma 38 to 35. Iowa State beats West Virginia 31 to 14. Iowa State now, well, actually, that was Iowa State's first conference win. First conference win. In, uh, in the Big 12. West Virginia now falls to 1-5 and five in the Big 12. Uh, let's get back to that uh, Alabama game. Uh, LSU has now taken the lead. It's 24-21, to 147 left in that game. Uh, LSU scores a touchdown, so Alabama's going to get the ball back, and we're going to see what happens to uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide if they can pull another victory out. Right now they are seven and one on the season. LSU six and two on the season. World Series is going right now, and if it stays this way, the World Series will end tonight. The Houston Astros have a four to one lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. It's the middle of the seventh, so they're going to the bottom of the seventh inning. If Again, the Astros win tonight. The World Series is over, and they will win their second World Series in their team's history. First one since 2017. BYU women's volleyball team, they win today in straight sets over Santa Clara. Uh, it's their third time, their, their, I'm sorry, their fourth, fourth match win in a row. Uh, they will play at Pacific on Thursday night, and then they will play against St. Mary's on Saturday afternoon. Uh, both those games are going to be at the Smithfield House, so if you want to get some tickets, it might be a good time to get some tickets. Uh, BYU Women's Soccer. Uh, they are playing right now, and you can listen to that game over on BYURadio.org or on the BYU Radio app. Right now, they are uh, playing at LMU. They have a one to nothing lead with uh, that's 34 minutes into the match. 34 minutes into the match, so it's almost time to end 
the first half. I, again, what a game by BYU today. Uh, they're on a four-game losing streak. Uh, they've been struggling. The defense is struggling. Yeah, and they still gave up 28 points tonight. I get that. Uh, but it, wh- what a what a gutty win for this BYU Cougar squad to be able to um, go in and beat Boise State. Uh, Boise State, just they don't lose a lot at home. I mean, Riley and Greg talked about it earlier. BYU has only ever won there once, and it was two years ago. It's really hard to win there. They've had some heartbreaking losses at Boise State. They've played some really, really good games at Boise State. Uh, I mean, I think it's been at least three different times BYU's played at Boise, and they've lost by one point three different times in Boise at Boise State. And that's again, that's why I love that game so much. So it's it's just so good, so heartening for this team right now after losing four in a row. And I actually thought they would win last week when they played East Carolina. I thought they would win that game, and they just didn't come up with enough plays. But they came up with enough plays in this game tonight to beat Boise State 31-28 to in that game. So just an amazing feat for, for BYU to, to do that. They're now 5-5 five and five on the season. Listen, we know this team's not perfect. They they still got a lot of things that they need to work on to be a better team. But right now, you know, I talked about this with Mitch Jurgens on uh, on the podcast uh, that we have, which is called Behind the Mic. And I said, what was it like when you actually broke that four game losing streak? And Mitch told me, well, you know, it it, it took a load off of us. We knew that we we were going to get a win at some time because he said we had four games left in the season, and we knew that we were going to beat one of those teams. But just when that when that first game came about in 2014 and they beat that team, it was just like, yes, okay, it's over. Now we can go out and be ourselves again. And, and I think that's what you're going to see the rest of the season. The defense isn't – they're still struggling right now. But at least they feel good about themselves because they stopped Boise State enough in this game to be able to come out with a victory. Um, and so I, I think that BYU has to feel heartened. Uh, I, 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 I'm hoping that – that there's a little bit of a healing process between some BYU fans and the BYU Cougars. We'll have to kind of wait and see how that all goes. But but it's good to see that BYU ends their four-game losing streak, and uh, they're now 5-5 five and five on the season. And uh, an amazing—I'm uh, now seeing a picture, by the way, of uh, Puka Nakua's touchdown catch and his toe. I think uh, our producer Terry South talked about this earlier— he has the ball, and his right toe is barely touching in the end zone before he goes out of bounds, which was the game-winning touchdown. Again, BYU wins tonight, thirty-one to twenty-nine. Just so, just so, uh, so nice to see BYU actually uh, go into the bye week, positive vibes going. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Coach Kalani Satake. I, you know, I think the reason why he probably hasn't come out to speak yet. In in my estimation, is probably because he's too busy celebrating right now. After four straight losses, he's probably too busy celebrating with the team to just say, "Yes, guys, we finally did it." Uh, it it'll be interesting to see what he has to say uh, coming up in the next few minutes when he uh, meets meets the meets the press uh, again. In the uh, right now, there's only 37 seconds left down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and LSU still has a 24-21 lead over Alabama. But Alabama looks like they could be, oh, they're, they're probably in field goal range right now. Uh, so they'll probably, they'll at least get a chance to kick for a tie. All right, Kalani Sataki addressing the media right now. Let's go down to him. All of us have done a great job prepping this team. You know, it just, it, it seemed like... Uh just want our guys to keep fighting through it. You know, there's plenty of mistakes made, but um, 
I think we were able to overcome it because of our belief and our trust in each other, and and uh, it just felt good to play play football and get a, get a win and, and and make sure that uh, you know just get back to our identity, who we are, and, and uh, overall I thought it was a good good game in all three phases. So, any questions? How badly did your program need this win? Um, I'm not really focused on the results. I know that's what everybody wants to harp on, but I see growth and I see um, progress. And uh, regardless of the results, I have to find ways for us to improve. And I think we have improved, you know, and, and it's not probably enough for, for people to see it. But I think sometimes success can mask some deficiencies. And, and uh, I think we're on our way to fixing all of that. So um, just happy that we got the win and just got to keep it rolling. Love you guys. So. But how grateful and impactful was the defense tonight of how they stopped the run? Yeah, I, I, the thing that I liked about the defense was the the just the the answers to the mistakes and when it could have been easy just to put your head down and say, oh no, here we go, you know, it's because uh, there, there, I mean, there there's some untimely mistakes with with turnovers and then also uh, not converting fourth down. Um, but our, our guys, they just believe in each other. We ask them to just keep working, and uh, that that's just that's just how we focus on on, on, on as a team and. Really happy with the leadership on the team and the coaches, and so these guys did a great job, uh, just sticking with it and just fighting to the bitter end. What did you guys see as far as uh, coming in the game, game planning for Boise State's defense? Uh, yeah. Second in the country, and you guys were able to get so many yards against them. Yeah, I think the uh, you know the credit to to the offensive staff for, for how, I mean, maybe the short yardage stuff that can overshadow a lot of the the good things that we did offensively, and I, I think. Um, we just started to see Jaron was really comfortable with the offense and making some good throws. Uh, we were to you know, get a, a run game established uh, to, to give us some work on our play action passes. So I think we were able to stay balanced. That was a key. But uh, Boise State, you see on film, their, their defense is fantastic. I mean, that's we knew that it was going to be a struggle and we knew there would be some tough sledding, but we just keep sticking with it and stay aggressive. It should work out in our favor. How impressed were you? How impressed were you with uh, Falau's uh, performance tonight? Yeah, yeah. Falau, Hinkley, uh, Ropati, uh, he's just waiting for his time, for his, his moment, and, and I think he took every advantage of it. So really proud of him, you know, throughout the um, throughout the time where he's just waiting for his number to be called. I think it could have been easy for him to be discouraged, but uh, that guy stuck with it, works hard, and believes in this team, loves his, his role in this team, and, and uh, obviously he had a much bigger role now, and, and uh, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to stop him from getting on the field now. Message at halftime when you went in tied, even though you dominated the first half. Yeah, we just talk about just sticking with it. I mean, there's there's some mistakes. I, th- I think it would be easy to get down, especially after the uh, the uh, you know being that close to the end zone, not converting. Um, but just want to let them know that we're going to be aggressive and play play our style of football, and uh, we'll have a chance to win this game. And that's that's what it came down to. The, the leaders already started talking to the team, and so I don't think there's really much I had to add into it. These I have great leaders on this team and great young men. What explanation did the refs give you at the end of that uh, second quarter that that uh, run by Albini? Uh, on the what was that, that the, the last play of the second yeah, quarter? I, I don't know. I can't see it. I, I wasn't able to see it, but I, I think um, maybe we we should have a, a camera on the goal line at every game. That would probably be really helpful. But um, I think for what they're seeing, they, they're just calling the game like how they see it, and, and uh, that's okay. I, I don't have a problem with it. I obviously I wish that all the stuff went in our favor, but. Um, that this this crew, this ref crew, did, did I mean they they do a great job communicating, and and all all the refs that we've been involved with this year have done a great job. So I 
no complaints about about the, the and their explanation to me is great communication. So um, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the, them explaining things to me. And, and even though we're not happy about it, it's okay. We, we can move on because I think they're calling as fair as they can. Jaron Hall looked really comfortable tonight. We saw him use his legs a lot, especially in the past two games. Is that something you guys are talking to him that, hey, you need to extend plays a little bit more? Yeah, I think we just want to see Jaron do his his thing. You know, I don't think it needs me or A-Rod or anybody else to tell him. He knows exactly what he can do and uh, and just letting him just letting him do it. And I think that's the key. I think he, uh, you know, the, 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 the last play going to Puka, I can't blame him, you know, but he, he's just... You just have to trust him, trust the players, and, and uh, I think he did a great job tonight. And, and that's we, we just need him to be himself and, and just trust him more. Is that the ball in Puka's play, um, the, the fourth down play? The, the defense? No, no, the, the, the one where um, Puka scored. Oh, he had some options, but I think Jaron just took the first one he liked the most, which is just go to Puka. He did get the ball in Puka's hands a lot. Was that a, yeah. a priority? He's one of the best players in college football, so we have to do that. And, and um, he attracts so much attention that it opens up stuff for everybody else. And the receivers have done a great job. Titans, those guys do a great job of blocking downfield. That's a, that, I don't think people understand the value of our team blocking downfield and the receivers and Puka's leading the charge. But him relishing his role opens stuff up for Cosper and and for Keanu and, and you know for Chase and all the others. So uh, just just really happy that that uh, our offensive staff used used him correctly and allowed uh, Jaron to spread the ball out, and then we, we kept him on their heels a little bit, just ha- being able to play balanced football. What have you done with this defense, Kalani, to make such a kind of 180 from a couple weeks ago? I don't know. I don't know if it's anything I'm doing. I just think that uh, trusting the players more and believing in them and then uh, just trying to play fundamental sound football. That's what we're trying to do. I think we, we, we missed didn't miss as many tackles as before, and I think some of the big plays happened because we missed tackles, and we're just going to keep working on that. We have a, a bye week now next week, and so uh, we have to use that week to get better in the fundamentals and then just keep working hard. That, that's that's the goal. This last question. What can you say about the emotion in, in this uh, locker room right now and what this means for the program going forward? Yeah, I think we're one step closer to, to extending the season and getting those valuable practices, and that, that's important for us to develop our young men. And um, so that, that's, that's the thing. And our players, you know, when, when we're going through that slump, um, I think we just reminded them that winning's hard and, and not, to, um, not to ever take it for granted. And so just remember this feeling, stay humble, stay hungry, and let's, let's get ready for the next one. Was that? Was Miles Davis banged up at all tonight, or was just other guys being productive? Everybody's banged up right now. I mean, we went, we went 10 uh, weeks straight with playing. We, we play our FCS team. Next next week after the bye, so it was it was really rough on a lot of the guys. So not everybody's 100, percent but we'll take advantage of the next week, get closer to 100, percent and be ready for Utah Tech when they come to our senior night, our senior day game. Right, yeah, he's hopefully. Yeah, n- n- I, I would tell you guys on Monday for season I'm not ending. You Puka. You can yeah. no, they want Puka. Puka's better looking, guys. Right. He's better for the cameras. Thanks, All right. Thanks, guys. That was Coach Kalani Satake after the BYU Cougars defeat the Boise State Broncos 31-28 to up here in Boise tonight. Stay with us as we will hear from the players here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. Let's head back down to the locker room area to hear from Puka Nakua and rejoin the press conference. <laughs> we got conference. a convoy of uh, 
six five plus three hundred pound dudes right in front of you. Uh, that's that's a fun way to run the ball. But um, when we, when our run game works, our offense looked good. We look, we were moving the ball consistently. We got. <clears throat> Short yardage uh, was still an issue for us in the first half, but we figured it out in the second half, and we got ourselves out of those short yardage situations other than in the red zone, but, you know, we scored a touchdown, so it all works out. <laughs> was that second half the kind of fight that you've been talking about seeing during this latest slide through the month of October? Was Def- that the kind of fight that you, you wanted to see? Um, definitely. I think it's it's been there, but it's just been the consistency of it. Um, first down, second down, third down, and all the way to fourth. They went for it, on, um, I think, almost twice uh, in one series on fourth down and um, I think we held them or they got the first one I think the second one we ended up uh, we had a turnover on down so it's an opportunity for us to capitalize that on offense and our um, confidence boost for our defense uh, they're out there the last the last series of the game and they were able to finish it off for us so as much as that touchdown was cool um, Jacob Robinson was mad at himself earlier he had given up a pass and um, in one of their touchdown drives but when it comes down to it he was able to make the, the PBU to, to seal the deal for us so Orm Tigers, baby, that's how we do it. How much do you enjoy these moments, Puka, going into a hostile environment and and coming up with a big game? This is fun. I've never played on the Smurf turf. Uh, Obviously, I went to the University of Washington, so Coach Peterson, I might have to give him a call for this one and say this is is an absolute, uh, this is a great experience to play football and uh, to be out here in the Smurf turf, to be out here with my brothers, um, and to come out with the win. That's that's the objective every weekend we come out here, and it was, that, that was for sure one of the best football games I've ever been a part of, so that was fun. You talked about execution last week. How do you feel like you guys executed today? Um, good. Uh, obviously, our, our our goal line stand right before half. Um, I got to be better. I should have ran my route a little bit deeper. Jaron, trust me again when we're coming in the goal line. Um, I thought, uh, well, I wasn't in, so <laughs> I got to be better making sure that I get my depth in my route and I'm able to make plays. But uh, we made our adjustments in the second half, and we came out, and I feel like we executed way better. And trying to, like I mentioned earlier, trying to keep ourselves out of those third and short, uh, fourth and short uh, situations. And, Hey, hey, Jaren got that, that third and short. You know, whether they knew it was coming or not, we were able to execute and get it done. <laughs> Fault starts, was that the crowd? I, I know you didn't have one, but the offense had four. Well, um, I don't think so. We, we had uh, <laughs> discipline. Uh, some of the old linemen, you know, you get, you get antsy. They, they had that jump call. Their, their D-line was moving a lot before we would snap the ball. So um, I'm not sure if that played a, a part in it, but uh, we won the game. So sometimes, you know. Some of the mistakes get slid away when you win. <laughs> Do you enjoy these? Uh, I assume that you enjoy these post-game locker room settings a little bit better than what you've dealt with the last few weeks. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, love and learn for sure is a lot better when we're winning. <laughs> but uh, it was super cool to see Clark Barron and Barrington in there. Um, I don't know if we've ever seen Keenan Peely dance. It's still yet to come. We'll, we'll get that done eventually. But to see Clark, Clark, uh, Clark Blake, uh, a lot of the guys out there just having a blast. It's nice to see a smiles on everybody's faces. Um, and not a forced smile. You know, when you win, everything feels a lot better. Whether you're, you're beat up or you feel fine, it's always, it's always good when you win. The fly home is going to be a lot better. <laughs> Does this make going into the bye week a little bit better, too? Um, yes, that thinks, I, I think I, 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 I can go to Marley's, get a nice big breakfast, eat some potatoes and eggs and stuff, gain a couple pounds, and then maybe play some pickup basketball. I'm just kidding, Coach. <laughs> but, no, it makes it feel a, lot, a ton better. I feel good. It, it'll be good. We'll get a good week of practicing and get an early start on Utah Tech. I'm not sure if they have – they probably do have a game this week. Most teams don't have a bye. But it's an opportunity for us to get more healthy and to fine-tune the things that we've been lacking on. Obviously, short yardage, but I still think we can be better in the pass game. Um, when the ball is in number three's hands, he's he's airing it out. we got to continue to make plays, and it's been fun to see Koss, Kibo, and Chase out there making plays. Uh, our wide receiver group, we've we've um, we've taken the uh, the burden of trying to move our offense and keep us going, and it's continued out through all these games that we've been in, and we got to finish out the season strong, so it's been fun. Shout-out Fest.
Tigers won last night too. Gonna, I know. Gotta support them. But, this week. Oh well, my little brother goes to Timview, so oh. I guess I gotta cheer for Timview. But uh, when Orm wins, I'll be happy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good oh, sorry. I don't know if you're done, but go Cougs, baby. <laughs> that was Pukanakua. Stay with us for more post-game coverage on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Postgame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. We will pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network, and we will rejoin the post-game press conference uh, listening to Ben Bywater. We can fight through some adversity. 35 left. They take over. Yeah. They've scored like on three straight possessions. What was the mindset on the defense as you guys went out there for that last possession? Get a stop. I mean, we knew we knew the game was on the line. Shout out J-Rob. I mean, that was a huge play jumping in front of that. So um, somebody's got to come and make a play at the end, and, you know, he did that. So I'm so pr- you know, I'm proud of the way the – D-Boys played, you know, getting them in that fourth and fourth and long situation. And, uh, and you know, we made a play and got off the field. So. I mean, you guys have up a lot of rushing yards in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. How did you guys remain confident because you guys did a great job tonight? I appreciate you saying that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, stopping the run, I'm, I play in the front seven, right, the D-line and linebackers. So for us, that's a big goal. we got to stop the run. And so for us, you know, just having that pride, that swagger, get that stuff back. And, like, you know, we've done it before. Why, you know, we kind of just lost our identity for a little bit. So. You know, for us to come out and do that this week versus Boise on their home turf uh, goes a lot to show, like I said, fighting through adversity, and, you know, we're a tough team. Ben, what would you make of the atmosphere? First time here at the Blue with fans in the stands. What would you think? Yeah, first time in the Blue, um, and, you know, it lived up to the expectation that I had. Um, You know, Boise State fans, they came to to show, and so – I was uh, I was happy playing up here, um, and so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good Mountain West team, and they got a lot of great fans. So for us to go out there and, and do our thing on on their home field, it was uh, it was cool. What have been some of the big changes since Kalani took over on defense that's maybe clicked for you guys? Yeah, I mean Kalani t- took over, and you know, for us, not a lot changes as far as ass- alignment, assignment, technique. But uh, you know, Kalani always bringing great energy, um, and he's a guy that you know we follow in the battle. Halftime after you guys dominated the first half, but it was tied. Yeah. What was kind of the morale in the locker room? What was said? Morale was high. Morale was high. I mean, our guys had faith that we could go out there and make this win happen, and uh, you know, we we went out and did it. So, you know, it looked tough there a little bit towards the end of the game, but you know, these nail biter games, it really comes down to mental toughness. You know who has got faith, who's going to go out there and make a play. So, we did that. Were you worried at all that the defense was wearing down a little bit in that fourth quarter after until that last stop? I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, they're going to make good plays, right? They had those few, those few benders. You know, they find the little soft spots in the zones, and that's just kind of how football works. It's like if you can just knock out the run, and then they're going to get little chunks here and there. And so that was a drive where everything kind of clicked for them. And, uh, you know, shout out to them. You know, they, they had some great plays. But um, I think overall the whole game we did our thing, um, you know, and our run, our run defense improved, and that was our goal. So if we can just stop the run and then limit them to throw, they're going to make mistakes, and so we did that. Was that a little bit? 
right? Was that a little bit more of the complimentary football that you guys have talked yeah. about? Some of the coordinators even said you haven't necessarily been playing that well, but I mean, 500 yards of offense, 200 less on the defensive side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you guys like complimenting each other, I guess, a little bit more tonight? That's a great question. And it's like you, you feed off of each other, you know, seeing the offense go out there and make plays, seeing Puka go make that tutty. It's like seeing that's motivating for us as, as D-boys. And, uh, you know, for us going out, limiting their their total offense by 200 yards you know that I'm, I'm proud of the way we played and uh, all three phases special teams as well if we can just lock in and dial those three things in you're going to come out with a dub ryan rico secretly the play of the night on that uh hey, pun huge pun five, right? and, that, and that guy does it every day in practice so i was not surprised yeah. Uh, Max make the trip with you guys? Payton and Max did not make the trip. Yeah, and they're both dealing with some injuries. I don't know exactly. Um, they're pretty undisclosed, so, yeah. What would you have to say to them? Max and Payton, love you boys. Uh, want you guys back as soon as possible. Thanks, Ben. Hey, appreciate you guys. That's the real guy right here. All right, that was Ben Bywater wrapping up our player press conference to just let our listeners know. And, uh, boy, it seems like all the teams at BYU have to become accustomed to playing a man down at times, including your radio team. Obviously, this is not Greg Rubel. This is Riley Nelson, who will likely be your host for the postgame show. Uh, tonight, actually, should we go down right now? Yeah, so I, I'll finish my comments really quickly. Greg, those of you that listen to the broadcast heard that uh, his voice was hanging on by a thread. Well, that thread has uh, been severed, and so he doesn't have uh, hardly any voice at all, but he is coaching us up. I misspoke. That's actually not the end. We were able to get Hinkley Ropati, so we'll toss it back down to the locker room area to hear comments from Hinkley. The biggest thing, you know, just, just obviously being there for my teammates and, and just trying my best to obviously be there with them and and just wait for whatever opportunities come you know I mean I was playing special teams all the uh, the entire year so always try to make you know plays on on, on the special team side of the ball so yeah man it was, it was awesome TD you scored on does that have a name that play call yeah so that was that was actually posse right Sally it's one of our screen plays and I mean, as you can see, the old line they, they they got out there and they they did all the work all the heavy lifting I just I just ran anybody could have ran that so yeah man it's going to have to change the name of the play because he doesn't like us asking you guys about the plays. So I apologize. <laughs> no, all goods. All goods. Did you, have any, did you suspect at all that you were going to have as big of a role tonight as, as you did uh, um, coming into this game? Um, the coaches were always just preaching to me the, um, throughout the whole week just to stay ready. Obviously, we had backs go down, you know what I mean? I mean, we have a, we have a room full of just dogs, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it sucked that not every single one of them were, you know, obviously hurt, you know what I mean? Obviously, Miles dealing with his injury and, and, and CB and, and Mason as well, you know? And so it just, obviously, I just had to step up and, you know, do whatever it is to help the team win and things like that. But, but yeah, man, so, yeah. Different about the offensive line tonight. I mean, they looked a little like hungry, motivated. I don't yeah. know what what exactly the right word is, but did you notice something different about them tonight over the past versus the past month? Um, I feel like the biggest thing is energy. I mean, we had a great week of practice this week, um, literally just full of energy. Coach Arod in the beginning of the week and the offensive staff they came out there and they were just telling us, hey, you know, the biggest thing we got we got to change is our energy. We got to make it fun. And I think that was the biggest thing day in, day out at practices. We've just been competing, you know, with the defense. And, and I feel like that really carried over to the game. You know, they brought the energy. And you, you can see, I mean, it was, I think it was fourth quarter when they had their little ritual, pre-fourth uh, pre quarter ritual. We was turning up over there just having fun. I think that really set the tone for the game. Was that complimentary football, offense, defense, special teams kind of feeding off Most one definitely. another? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we always talk about every time when, you know, offense comes out, defense comes out, special teams. We're always saying, we got y'all back, we got y'all back, you know. And so I felt like everybody just went out there today on all sides of the ball and just executed. 
did Miles get hurt in the middle of the game or in like the second quarter or did he get banged up at all? Yeah, so, so I don't know if I'm allowed to speak on this, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, so okay. Wait, yeah. Max Hinkley, uh, yeah. since you got here to BYU in 2020, you've navigated some injuries. Just maybe lay out the, the road you've traveled to get to this point tonight. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I got here back in 2020, right, and dealt with uh, some injuries, ACL year. Obviously, the next year, still dealing with some things and decided to just redshirt that year, you know, last year. And, and this year was just finally being able to be available for, for our team. And, and I think that was the biggest thing, just, just trying to stay healthy, you know, not doing too much and just, just making sure I, I just, you know, put my... Uh, the biggest thing that coach always preaches is like availability is the best ability and so I feel like instead of just doing all these extra stuff just focus on you know trying to stay healthy for the games and things like that so yeah what can you say about the emotion maybe that's in the locker room right now after ending a four game losing streak oh man it's we're, we're just I mean you, you heard them right there <laughs> everybody's yelling dancing music's going the energy is crazy and I mean this is something that we and this is a feeling that we all love, you know. And so, obviously, to be able to pull that, that W and come, come back in the locker room, just celebrate with everybody, and it's just it's fun, man. I love it. I heard from a little birdie that may or may not be your position coach that you've got the biggest deadlift and clean in the running back's room. Can oh, you confirm or deny that? That's, that's, I did not know, man. You should, the, the running backs, those guys are all the favorite. <laughs> those guys are dogs, man. <laughs> Appreciate you guys, man. You guys have a great one. That was Hinkley Rapati. We'll get you out to break quick. And when we come back, hear from Jaron Hall on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Postgame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. We're going to head back down to the BYU locker room area to hear from quarterback Jaron Hall. They didn't have any safety help, and so you take your, your best guy one-on-one, that's what, that's what we did. Do you agree with Kalani's assessment that Puka is one of the best players in college football? 100%. I've always known that. One of the best players in college football, hands down. Every, he, he does it all. Every, there's nothing he can't do. What makes him so special, Puka? He loves the game. He loves, us. He, loves, he loves us. I mean, that dude is the most energetic guy in the field, always most, most faith, most belief, and he puts time in the game. I mean, people don't see behind the scenes how much he loves his game, how much he thinks about it, um, how much time he spends studying it. It's, it's impressive. I, I just love seeing him going out there and, and doing his thing. You mentioned Puka had the better look. Are there many looks that Puka gets that he can't make something with? No, there's, there's, I, honestly, every look looks good at 12. We keep seeing you a little bit more in the run game. Yep. Is that going to continue going forward? 100%. I just think that's a tool, you know, that I have. And, you know, it's uh, when teams start pinning their ears back, knowing you're going to throw the ball, you got to find some ways to, to take advantage of the aggressive lanes they take. And, and, you know, when teams are dropping out and having a heavy, you know, front four coming up the field hard, you, you take those lanes and you take advantage of the space. So I think we'll continue to do that. Um, it's never something that we call and plan on, but when a play kind of presents itself, it's what you do. And it's a, it's a nightmare for defenses. How big of a relief was that to break through the win call? Yeah, it was big time for us. I mean, we've been working towards that for weeks. Uh, we knew it was just going to take one game, and, and it was just a matter of when that was, and it was tonight, so it feels really good. Does this make the bye week feel a little bit better coming off a win? Absolutely. Absolutely. With you running the ball, was that something the coaches talked to you about, doing more or just you doing yourself, just saying yeah, you need to? more aggressive, um, taking opportunities into my hands. Um, when it's there, obviously you don't want to force anything or you don't want to put your body out there too much as a quarterback, but when it's a safe option, and it, for the most part of the time it, it always is. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something we talk about, just being more aggressive. And you know, when you can pick up a couple extra yards instead of throwing a ball away, it really helps. 
first start on the blue, what did you think of this atmosphere up here? I loved them. It was so fun. Boise State fans are passionate. They love the game. I love the atmosphere. I mean, I've been able to watch this game uh, twice now. You know, being on the sideline with the guys, but being able to play was something I always remember. What do you? What can you share about uh, what's being discussed in the locker room after a win now? Yeah, not a change approach to anything. You know, for weeks, you know, we didn't hear anything but negative talk. And so now that there's going to be a lot of positive talk. We can't pay attention to that either. we got to keep the same mindset that got us here to this win tonight. Just focus on ourselves. The guys in this locker room, our families, that's all that matters. Um, you know, we love our fans. They're always here for us. We appreciate them. So just, just staying humble and understand that we got, you know, a couple more games on the schedule to take care of. I honest, I did not see. I was uh, getting all the tape and stuff off in the back when that was going on and uh, talking to some families. I did not see that. I'm sure he had some good moves. You're going to talk about the defense. How have they been able to stay focused and stay away from this negativity? Yeah, honestly, it goes back and forth. You know, when, you know, when they struggle, we pick up them, and then when we struggle, they pick us up. So it just goes back and forth. You know, the defense has been resilient all year. So many injuries they've had, which has been so unfortunate. We're, we're excited to get you know, a lot of the guys back, hopefully after the bye week for them. Um, but they battled tonight. You know, a lot of guys stepped in that haven't played a lot. And we saw that last year. That's what, that's what this team is, is really built on, is, is the two and three deep guys that are always prepared and play their hearts out. That's what they did tonight. Was Rapati's success only a matter of time from your vantage point? Yeah, he's such an explosive guy. I knew, it would, I knew it would be a matter of time until he came out and made his plays, and, and tonight he showed it. So I'm excited for his future at BYU. He's, a, he's an absolute stud. We knew he was a stud when he got recruited. I remember watching his, his Juco film. The guy's electric. So just finding ways to get him involved will be, will be awesome in the future. You're going to have to score the touchdown. I think it's your first of the season. You know, Lyman just let out a you know good moment. You guys let out an epic scream. How good did yeah, that feel? So good. Felt really good. We practiced that play a lot. Um, just being more physical up front. So to be there celebrating with those guys, it was special. This Boise State's defense was number one nationally, and you guys yeah. had a ton of success. I mean, what, what was working so well against this group? Just keeping them on their toes. You know, you run the ball really well, and then you go play action, drop back. They gave us a lot of cushion on the outsides, a lot of matchups on the outsides we like. Then you go some screens, you go some draws. I mean, it's just A-Raw was in such a groove tonight, had everything working, and it was fun. Talk about the other receivers in the room. You guys converted a lot of third downs today. It just wasn't Puka. You had Keanu in the mix. You had Braden Cosper. Yeah, that's, and that's been the case all year. You know, we love Puka. We're going to give him the ball as much as we can, but you can't forget about the guys out there, Koss, Kibo, Chase. Um, who else am I forgetting? Somebody, Cody, who's not with us right now. There's so many guys. And so they, they've all grown into to the playmakers they are now. It's so fun to see them go out and do their thing. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to keep keep playing with them. What becomes the plan during the bye week for, for you? Just get healthy. Um, oh, for, for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just, just, just continue to get better. Look forward to our next game, um, scheme, game plan, practice. Um, you know, get our bodies right, feel good, and then also take some time off, you know, at the end of the week. Uh, like they're going to give us, spend time with our families, take care of school. Um, just get a lot of the, the distractions outside of football, take care of those things um, so we can get, get focused up for our next game. For you personally, Jaron, why do those things matter so much when during the bye week family, yeah. school, all of that? Yeah, because, I mean, I got a wife and a daughter at home who don't see me a lot. So when I have some time off, I'm going to be there with them. That's where I want to be. That's where my heart's at. When it's not a football, it's with them. Um, she's, you know, my wife, Bree, she's the reason I play football. I play it for her. That's the reason I love football so much because it gives me everything to provide for her, provide for my daughter, Jada. So I, football's special to me. And so when I can get away from that, <clears throat> I can spend time with her. That's, that's what I'm going to do. So. Thanks. Appreciate you guys. All right. Jaron Hall, our final player in the Cougar Post Game Live show. When we come back, join us for the Larry H. Miller Cougar Post Game Coaches Show here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome in to our Larry H. Miller Cougar postgame coaches show. This is Riley Nelson filling in for Greg Rubel, who gave a valiant effort in calling this great win here on the blue turf up in Boise. 31-28, to the Cougars defeat the Broncos. While we're waiting for Coach Sitake to finish up his celebrations and preparations uh, with the locker room and the boys, we are going to hear from Boise head coach Andy Avalos. Uh, thank you to intern Amy Harris, who went down into the home team's locker room area to get this interview for us so this play this game came down to more than just one play this game came down to multiple plays uh, that we can learn from that we can be better from um besides the obvious of how much does this hurt yeah um there's plenty to learn from and i'll tell you like this there's no moral victories but when you see a guy like that you're proud of them because they care. They don't only care about how they do, but they care about their team and the way the guys fought uh, tonight. Um, again, there's plenty of plays within this game that we can learn from, that we can move forward, that we can be better from, being that our goals are all still right out in front of us. And that's the bottom line. We played aggressive in this game. This game, we went out there um, uh, to accomplish the mission. We played aggressive. It didn't work out in our favor tonight, but I'm proud of the guys. I love these guys, and I'm excited to move forward when that sun comes up tomorrow. I'm excited to grow and keep marching forward. Questions? After after BYU took the lead there in the fourth quarter, you guys only needed four plays to regain the lead. What did you see out of Taylor on that drive specifically? Say that again. Which time you die? After BYU took the lead late in the fourth quarter, you guys only need four plays to score and retake the lead. What did you see on the tail of Matt on that drive? He had two nice completions, a nice run. Well, he was moving around. I mean, he was extending. There were some nice throws from within, and then um, being able to extend. I think, uh, you know, again, it's why we played more aggressive towards the end of the uh, first half to create some rhythm because we just didn't have very many offensive plays. It's hard to get going in rhythm when you don't have those things. Um, we came up with some big. Uh, stops in the red zone on defense, but they had the ball a lot of the time. Um, we were, uh, you know, I'm proud of the way some of the guys stepped up on on defense when, uh, you know, a few of those guys went down, a few of our Q guys went down on the first play of the game, and uh, there were some guys that jumped in there and did a nice job um, and really came up in the red zone. Again, the time of possession there really slowed down, and that's my point at all. The time of possession right there really slowed, slowed down. We weren't able to convert on third down, so we were off the field. That was Coach Andy Avalos from Boise State Broncos. And you are here with us in the Larry H. Miller Cougar postgame coaches show. Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. We'll now head down to Coach Kalani Sitake, who's joined us outside the locker room area. Coach, you have us. Oh, there we go. Coach. 
Yes. All right. Hey, sorry, I threw it down a little bit early. It's uh, We're going to do our best to make it through tonight. Greg, boy, Coach, you would have been so proud of him. He played hurt. His voice was hanging on by a thread. And right as he called that final fourth down, that thread broke. And so uh, you're oh. riding solo with just Riley tonight. Okay. Well, Greg's listening, though. He might, <laughs> he might wheeze in a word or two. Greg's never sounded better. <laughs> I'm joking. It's, it's, it's bad, man. I got, all, I got nothing left. <laughs> Greg, uh, no one can ever accuse you of not giving it your all, man. That's right. Literally. Uh, a lot like your team, Coach, The la- uh, through this four-game rough stretch this stretch that's been so you know widely documented and talked mm-hmm. about and everybody's sharing their opinions, you kept uh, a simple theme that we are looking for fighters. Looks like you found some here tonight. Yeah, and th- they've been fighting this entire time. You just... I know everybody wants to look at the the result, and um, that's what they keep, you know, harping on. But I'm really proud of our players and the the progress of the belief in themselves. And and even when things are getting really rough, they they just stuck to it. The resiliency on our team, it's amazing. So I appreciate our coaches and our players and our leadership on our team. And um, you know, look look at Hinkley Rapati, you know, and things that he was able to do and and if he was just sulking and feeling sorry for himself he would never be ready for this moment and so that's just i have 122 other guys on the team that do that they they just work hard and and um you know and and if you keep keep at it things will things will turn eventually but uh they're in the they're in the locker room after the game just just so excited and being one step closer to being in a bowl game, they're, they're really excited about that moment. Coach, we talked a lot this uh, during the broadcast about just how rare it is for any team to come into Boise and Albertson Stadium and come away with a win. But I think for our listeners to really appreciate it, it would help to come from someone like you who's made their profession uh, college football. What is it about this Boise State program or this Albertson Stadium that makes it, makes it so difficult to win? And how did you guys overcome that here tonight? Well, they, they definitely have an identity and a brand that they, they, they love to play to. And, uh, you know, their defense nationally ranked in so many categories overall, number two. And so I think they, they knew going into this game that's what they're going to try to hang their hat on and and uh, basically dare anybody to come and disrupt them. And that that's something that we had to, you know, that's the challenge. And, uh, you know, four teams before us couldn't do it to them. And, and uh, you know, it was our chance to do it. And I think we had our moments. I think they, they, they show how tough they are as a team and as a program. Uh, their fans are awesome. They give them good, good support. But you know, I, I'm excited about the fans that came here and sh- showed us support and showed us love. That was, uh, that was, uh, as always, just appreciate them so much and and uh, just being, just believing our players and loving us. And that's that's a that's a big part of why we play. But that, yeah, the game, the game itself was a lot of fun. But it didn't didn't always go perfect. You know, I think there's a in my mind, I saw things a little bit differently. I, I thought we could really dominate and do some good things. Um, but the uh, the guys never gave up, and they kept believing in each other. And no matter what mistakes came our way, or however the the replay was gonna was gonna give us the play or not, you know. But um, it, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun and a great experience. I'm gonna ask you to continue to maybe elaborate on that belief, especially with the way that the the first half, especially the second quarter, went. So two interceptions in the first half, but not just two interceptions. Both of them happening. One happening in the red zone. The other one happening in the actual end zone, um, you, where your receiver was able to get his hands on the ball. And then, of course, the fourth down. I, I, I'm gonna say controversially comes up short. I I 
got to be honest, how they justified saying that that ball didn't break the plane, I'll never know. But you think a team that's lost four straight on the road is going to go into the locker room feeling deflated, yet you guys came out. And even after Boise, first drive of the second half, marches right down the field and puts an end zone in. But that your guys seemed undeterred. Uh, to what do you attribute that? Well, they just that's how they've always been. And, and I know people are easy to – question the players um then they're not in the locker room they're not they're not at the practices or the lifts and they're not in the meetings and so um to be able to believe in yourself when 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 it's easy to not because everybody else is is um is is in that you know a negative light i think what we were able to do is stay positive keep working and focus on the progress that you are able to see and then then we can't brag about the, some of the progress we're doing because nobody wants to hear about progress when you're losing. They they just want to hear about when you're winning. And so uh, the, the, the culture, everything that we've been talking about uh, came into question in so many different ways. And these young men, they, they're in social media. I can't sit there and tell them not to do it, but they're in it. But I, just, I, I appreciate them not giving... Uh, the the negative forces any um any ability to, to disrupt their belief and their faith in what's going on and, and that's in this team and uh, th- there's a lot of outside noise that can disrupt your faith in god too and and they stick with it so they're a resilient bunch they've been that way uh, they, i got them that way because of the way they were raised from their parents and so and that's something that we look into when we recruit and we keep building off of that. And I just want to keep them on the path that their parents set them on. And so it's nothing brilliant that I'm doing. I'm just I'm just continuing what their mom and dad already did in the home. And it, it works in football just like it does in, in, in testimony and in life. 31-28, the BYU Cougars defeat the Boise State Broncos. We've got Coach Kalani Satake with us for one more segment. So stay with us on the other side of the break here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We're back on the Larry H. Miller Cougar Post Game Coaches Show, and uh, we'll start off our second segment here with Coach Sitake with an economic partner's valuable stat of the game. Whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes, when your business needs evaluation, the right partner is Economics Partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. The value stat, valuable stat of the game is 27. 27 BYU first downs against a Boise State team, allowing only... 11 and a half first downs per game coming into tonight. Coach, I'll give you a comment on that. More than doubled up their season average. Well, just uh, I think we felt good about the matchup. We just we um, we feel good about our, our offense with every, with a lot of matchups, you know, and, and you're looking at the teams that we've played. Um, they're doing some good things out there in college football. Um, you know, I just heard about Notre Dame score and other things, so um, you know, I think. Uh, Did you hear the Liberty news? Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Yeah, I heard yeah. that too. So, but but uh, we knew that. Just nobody wants to keep talking about it. But we, yeah. you have to give other people credit for for when when it's their when when it's due to them. But at the same time, uh, we're capable of of making some big plays and doing some things ourselves too. And if we can play error free, meaning not make these catastrophic mistakes, I think sometimes the turnovers can be catastrophic if you let it. But I just like the way our defense responded after the the response after turnovers and 
and the the fact that our our coaches kept believing in Jaron to keep throwing the ball, you know, like hey, just keep threading the needle, keep doing. It. And we had some they they made some really tight coverage plays, and we had some that were knocked out in PBUs, but. Uh, Jaron's still going after him. That even though tight coverage was there, he was still going after him, and I, I really like that from him. Coach uh, Pukunakua, 14 catches, 157, two touchdowns. You mentioned in your post-game press conference that he, that you believe, and I mean, I don't think many would challenge you on this belief that he's one of the top players in college football. So, for our listeners out there that, that are aspiring to be the next Pukunakua, what uh, do they need to be doing to be developing all the attributes, both on and off the field, especially leadership? To me, as impressed as I was with the catches and the runs and everything, it, it was the way that he was doing it and the way that it inspired his teammates around him well if, if you want to know how to be like puka practice hard Th- this guy doesn't know how to do a walkthrough because he cannot just go slow and so when he's out there on the practice field he's going i worry because he, he's just so intense and just practices so hard i've never seen i just don't see this in, in a lot of people, but you know, we had a lot of great players that, that practice hard. But this guy just he'll he'll wear himself out. We have these GPS trackers that kind of gauge because we have to. We have to gauge how much um, how much uh, his fatigue level and how much energy he's he's putting out there. And, and he basically works himself to complete exhaustion every day at practice. And and then you watch him play in the games, and that's why you don't see a, a change in his demeanor, in his speed, in his tempo. Um, you know, you see, he just works completely hard all the time, and, and I appreciate that about him. And and because he does that, everybody else does it because they follow his example. So, uh, one of the things that was so impressive tonight for me, and they look, they got their successful rush plays at times, but you held Boise to thirty rushes on a hundred and or thirty rushes, hundred and four yards at three point five a carry, while also still not uh, you were stout enough against the run, and also not giving up many explosives in the in the pass game. Um, to what do you attribute that effort by your defensive front seven? Just working on the fundamentals and the simple things. Um, Understanding the 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 leverage where the help is coming from, uh, taking proper angles, all that stuff. It takes work, and and um, when you have a bunch of guys that are banged up and hurt and not a hundred percent, it's hard to practice all that. And and um, you know we, we've had some youth in there, and, and they're they're growing up really fast, and then they're making more plays and making more tackles, and uh, that that's happening. I think a lot of what I'm impressed with is the, the, a lot of the run. I mean, we let the quarterback out quite a bit and he he gained a lot of scramble yards but um never really gave them anything really big uh and then you know i I liked our man coverage i like our our pressures i like the stuff that we were able to mix up with him and um but the guys when it comes down to it it comes usually comes down to the fundamentals and our our team blocked better than they did tonight we we ran to the ball better than they did we tackled better and that that's that's the result so, Coach, you, speaking of fundamentals, I want to take a moment and talk about the fundamentals of uh, composing a schedule. Uh, your bye week's coming after you play 10 games in a row. Obviously, that's not ideal. Entering a conference next year, uh, and maybe this is something you know, maybe this is something that the athletic director takes care of, but you don't see many other teams, most of which being in conferences, with their bye week being this late in the team. Is this a byproduct of independence, and is that something that will change when BYU gets into to the Big 12 Conference? Yeah, definitely. And and, and I, I appreciate our administration, Tom Homo and, and and his staff, for putting together a schedule through the whole independent era. That's that's not easy to do. 
and I appreciate the people that have played us every year, like the rivals that we have, like Boise State, Utah State, Utah in some years. And, um, and But being able to do that, sometimes you have to, you know, we, we play a front-loaded schedule. That becomes difficult. And so nothing against the FCS opponent, but most teams play in a non-conference schedule, play the FCS opponent in the first three or four games. And then they get a bye, you know, three or four games after that. And then, and then they can finish and, and, and you know push to the end and um, we've had situations where we know we were intending to in a row and then we have a buy and then we play our FCS opponent next week and then we play Stanford so it's a little different and, and because it's different it's different than anybody else it's unique I don't think anybody else in college football is doing it like us but this is the last year of, of it happening and, and I think we'll go right back to where everybody else is doing but I like the mindset of just being ready, make sure that we're ready every week. And, and uh, I know the results weren't like how we wanted the entire season, but the approach and the, the mindset of our guys, I've really appreciated. And that, that's because we've had to be flexible with the schedule. You add COVID year to that, and, and that's just uh, the one thing that I can say is we appreciate playing football and, and however it may come. And, uh, you know, we're excited that it's going to be back to a little bit more normal next year. But... This year we have two more to finish before we can earn the, the, the last one, which we're really excited about. You talk about the mindset of your players. Uh, I know our, all of our fans love to hear from you, and uh, I think help them with their mindset with what uh, what is this team playing for with the remainder. I mean, obviously there's you want to go 1-0, but are guys playing to improve their chance at playing at the next level or, or is trying to win, win out and improve the ball game that you get to? What is this BYU, this 2022 team playing for with only two games left on the regular season schedule and a likely bowl bid coming in the postseason? So much to play for. So much. And and I know they're not all conference accolades and things like that, but um, these guys know that, that they appreciate the, the opportunity to play the game. Um, but, you know, we have a, a, a game now after the bye week where we get this, our last game for our seniors. And so... Um, Let's give them. Let's give them a good moment. Let's uh, this for our fans to come in and be in Lavelle Edwards one more time this season, and and uh, send our seniors off the right way with a win. And and, and that focus is going to be there. And then if you talk about the next the next game, um, I don't know if BYU's ever beaten Stanford, you know, um, but this is a good chance for us to play another P5 opponent and um, to keep improving. And this is probably the only time I'll ever talk about the other part of the season. So I'm focused on on Utah Tech, but. We know that that game's coming up at the end, and, and it's Thanksgiving week, a lot to be grateful for. And then uh, hopefully, you know, things go well. We, we earn the right to, to extend our season. That's more time spent together. Be appreciative of the bowl game that we get to play in. Uh, attack that game because we didn't, we didn't have a, uh, the result that we wanted last bowl game. And, and, and just, just more than anything, just show more gratitude and appreciation for what we get to do and how we get to do it. And I'm, I'm proud of our players and the platform that they uh, are able to use their platform to help others and to serve others. Um, it's just a lot of fun, even though the results, everybody wishes we could be way better as the record goes. But these guys love the fans, and they love playing the game, and they love representing BYU and their loved ones. And so... Uh, a lot a lot to play for still. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time that you've spent with us, but like Kurt Gibson coming off the bench uh, way back in 1988 for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Greg's red light is on and his headset is on, so i got to believe he wants to take a couple swings at the plate if you've got a few more seconds. Anything for Greg. It's going to be a bunt single is what it's going to be. So um, two things. Uh, you're right, Kalani, BYU's 0-2 against Stanford. So you have a chance to work on that. And then secondly, 
finally, just congratulations to you and the boys on, on a big win and, and heading into the bye the right way. And I miss talking to you tonight, but we'll do more of it down the line, I'm sure. Appreciate it. And your voice sounds great, by the way. <laughs> power to this. Oh, get, yeah. get the guy some chicken noodle soup and yeah. let's get Greg back to normal. Ten weeks was hard on Greg, too, guys. So, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, let, let's get him back. But, Greg, love you. Appreciate you, you and Riley and Mitch and the group. And you guys do a great job. So thank you for everything. It feels good to win. We'll never take it for granted ever again. But let's keep building on it because we want to we want to send the seniors off the right way. All right. Safe Thanks travels home, Coach. Congrats. Thanks, guys. Yep. All right. That was Kal- Coach Kalani Satake in the Larry H. Miller Cougar postgame show. On the other side of the break, BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Stay with us on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Tune to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Rubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. The voice of the Cougars has been uh, started its bye week, as we wish Greg the best in recovering from his voice. For those that heard his final question there, a valiant effort. And uh, I'm going to continue. I used uh, him dropping in at the end, in the, uh, or on the ninth inning of that Kalani Satake interview. I'm going to continue that baseball analogy by saying I'm using our first segment here of the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now as kind of like that mound visit where the guy's up in the bullpen but he's only started loosening up and you need to give him a chance to actually get in to throw some pitches uh, before we go ahead and pull the pitcher and that pitcher being pulled by the way is as me as your host tonight but no I as I'm filling in for Greg we uh, want to thank Mitch for being down by the locker room and buy him a little extra time to get back up here and Mitch and I will answer your questions but tonight will be a shorter or, or more abbreviated let's say more concentrated uh, BYU Creamy Cougar Nation now but with Greg not having his hosting duties that means that he will be able to scrutinize your uh, your input or your questions to us on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. He'll be able to scrutinize those even further, so make sure you've got a well-formed thought and uh, it's high quality because only the, the highest of quality will make the air tonight with our abbreviated Cougar Nation Now format tonight. Just a couple of numbers I wanted to touch on. I want to call back to our kickoff uh, keys to the game that we had. Um, I was uh, I, I thought tonight that like let's go back to basics and some of the most basic football statistics that I was taught during my time at BYU uh, were the pillars uh, to a win. And basically, the statistical probability of of getting all three pillars virtually ensured there was a ninety nine point nine plus percent in the history of college football if you accomplished all three of those, your win probability was uh, 99.9%. If you got two of the three, it was basically like 97 to 98%. And if you got one of the three, it, it, it uh, dropped quite a bit, but you still, if you got one of the three, you won 83% of your games. At least those were st- the statistics as I was taught them a decade ago. So what were those? It was 150 yards rushing was the first. That means that you surpass it and you hold your opponent under, the, under that. Check that box for BYU. BYU tonight had four rushers. 
for that combined for 32 carries and they eclipsed 155 yards. You had Jaron Hall 12 for 82. A lot of those coming on a long run of 48. That was a huge play in the third quarter uh, to answer after Boise State had come out on their first drive uh, to take the lead to begin the second half. So uh, Jaron was 12 for 82. Lopini Katoa 12 for 46. Hinkley Rapati 5 for 28. So they were able to eclipse and then they uh, coach talked about that uh, well, Green, uh, Taylor Green, the the Boise quarterback, did get out. None of his runs really hurt uh, BYU, and that's true. The long rush of the night for the Broncos was 13 yards, and that was by Taylor Green. He had five for 14. George Halani did the majority of the work for the Broncos with 20 carries, 73 yards. He did have the two TDs, so he was productive down around the goal line. But uh, as a team, Boise State was held to 104 yards and only 30 carries. The second pillar is turnover margin. Um, Unfortunately, BYU lost that tonight with two interceptions by Jaron Hall. Uh, Boise State did not give the game away, so there were minus two there. But we'll go ahead and move on to the final one, which uh, my my grandpa used to say, who was a uh, college basketball coach back in his day, he always used to make his his quip when people asked him about his coaching strategy, and it was, well, my goal was to have more points uh, than the other team when the clock hit zero at the end of the game, which uh, which was a, a good strategy. He said he'd never been to a game where uh, a team was able to accomplish that and lost, and uh, certainly BYU did that tonight. Uh, the, the scoring margin is 24. BYU went over 24. Greg mentioned during the broadcast how tough uh, sledding it's been for BYU to win in uh, defensive struggles. And uh, so it actually, it's kind of counterintuitive, but as this thing was shaping up to be a little bit of a track meet or a shootout in the second half, which it really did. It was 7-7 at halftime, and your final score was 31-28. As, as the scoring kind of kept pace, that actually worked, at least by uh, by way as trends go, in BYU's favor. All right, Mitch has uh, made it up. Maybe we'll give it to Mitch for just uh, kind of your overall thoughts and impressions being down on the sideline here at Albertson Stadium. for The, if the last time these teams will play for the foreseeable future, um, get your thoughts and feelings. What was it like being being on the field for the win. Yeah, I mean it was it, it was impressive and and one of the I mean shout out to this team. They showed up and it was felt the energy in the stadium uh from the players. I mean, there this it seemed like a a very a big difference from what it's been like in previous weeks where there's been some questions on hey, how much how much energy is this team bringing? But even I mean after the the first half, BYU dominated the game, but on the scoreboard it was unfortunate that it it didn't reflect that, and you you would wonder, you know, going into halftime as they come out, what would this do to their morale? Um, and they they came and just uh, you know to start the third quarter, there were guys bouncing around, there were guys dancing, and so it was just completely a different feel from start to finish uh, when it came to the energy. And I think that's part of it, just the the Smurf turf, knowing that this was the last time that, or potentially the last time BYU and Boise State would play. Um, I, they, they took that to heart and, and you could see it on the field. And so, um, first off, just shout out to the energy that the entire team brought. Um, it was felt and, and I think it played a big role in their performance and their, and their execution specifically in the second half. One of the biggest things for me was the offense and defense seemed to have their back at any time during the four game losing streak. Did you sense some of that offense versus defense versus one cohesive unit? Because tonight uh, there was only evidence that it was all for one and one for all. Totally. And, and and there could have been. I mean, uh, you, you know, no player is ever going to admit that, right? In any post game 
um, any post game press conference or in their comments. I mean, but but you you could sense some of that, and and part of it was just. You know, when the offense, even when the defense would do something special in previous weeks, it didn't seem like the offense was as enthused as the defense was for that type of play. But tonight, I mean, absolutely, it was uh, the defense came out um, when they had big plays, the offense was celebrating and vice versa. And so, I mean, it was just it, it was a huge, huge moment. And you could you could absolutely feel how much this BYU team was was selling out to come away with a victory, leaving it all on the all on the field. And it was it was great. Great to see some new players out there. I mean, the the emergence of Hinkley Ropati. I mean, what a game for him and, and and the ability for Aaron Roderick to dial up those screen plays to get him in a position um, to to make a play and make an impact that will do wonders for his confidence moving forward. And so, a lot of times in these games, it was I mean, you you've got to get some players to to make big plays so that they can then be playmakers for the rest of the season and and potentially you know in, in seasons to come as well. So, just really good overall win. Um, um, both the offense supporting the defense and, and vice versa. So um, r- really fun to see. Okay. Um, so really quick with the format, we're going to take one question before we take it to break. Then we'll come back. We'll answer a couple more questions. Like I said, a little bit abbreviated. So make sure you only submit your best stuff to Greg as he's monitoring the Twitter timeline at hashtag BYUCNN. Um, and then we'll give you a, our trivia question and and the answer to that and reward some ice cream. And, uh, and then we can all go enjoy this win with an extra hour of sleep uh, on this night. But the question comes in from Shep at Team Shep underscore. Not our own Jason Shepard, but uh, probably related somewhere back along the ways. He says, uh, this one's addressed to me. Riley, do you think fans have been too hard on the BYU football team this year considering how good Liberty, Oregon, ECU, and East Carolina are as the season progresses? Uh, I'd even throw Notre Dame in there too. Like Notre Dame beat Clemson, beat number four Clemson tonight, uh, beat them handily, 34-14. They are now 6-3 and three on the season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, co- Coach mentioned that in his post game. Did you catch that? He said, look, we can't do that. We can't – and, and I, I'll give you a little bit of a player's perspective or at least a former player, player's perspective. Fans uh, – and, and this is what makes fans great, and this is just the nature of the beast, so this is not a critique, but, like, they're, they're reacting out of emotion. As a player, you have more context. You've watched film of these guys. You've studied their best players, their best schemes. You go out there and then you actually play against them and you realize like how big, fast, strong, skilled, talented they are. And so sometimes a fan, they just have limited information. All they have to go off of is like the logo on the side of a helmet and they assume that a brand like BYU should beat a brand like Liberty or a brand like ECU every day of the week, right? And the Oregon and Notre Dame like are a little bit more excusable, but then a fan doesn't like the emotion of the way that those losses went down so uh, I, I say that to say that as a player you can't come out in the post game and just be like i promise you like fans you should not be mad at us that's a you're gonna that's a good football team over there with a lot of good players because you're gonna use that argument all the time do i think fan no i listen fans invest time they invest emotion and often invest a lot of money uh whether it's in tickets or travel or whatever that i think fans have the emotion to express 
however they want to. Um, Whenever you get personal on a single player, but if you're talking about the the overall program and if they're not performing to your fans' expectation, as long as it's based in some sliver of reality, uh, no, I don't think it's possible for fans to be too hard. I I think fans can cross a line when they become jerks or or make personal attacks, but as far as being disappointed in their team's performance, that's that's the whole definition of a fan is to have the highest expectations for you and your team. Well, and, and I loved Jaron's comments. Um, I, I'm not sure what the question was, was but in his post-game press conference, um, somebody asked a question related to, you know, how do we respond to potentially the, the positive comments or in, in, because this is a change from what they're going to be hearing from the previous weeks, right? There's a lot of negative comments out on, on social media and, and what they're hearing. And, and it, what Jared had mentioned is, look, it's, it's us as players. It's our responsibility to, to respond to whether it's negative comments, positive comments. You've got to just ignore all of the noise, no matter what it is, right? Um, because it, it, what, what happens in the locker room, not, never, not everybody's there. Um, and it's up to you as a team to stick together despite what is being said. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad um, because how you respond to that is, is completely on the team and um, and these coaches to, to keep it internal and, and and then just produce on the field to to give the fans what they want um, and so I, I love those comments by Jaron they're going to take this um, obviously enjoy the win but um, you know they're they're going to ignore and drown out the noise and, and continue to focus on what's upcoming which is Utah Tech and Stanford. You know what's good for a sore throat or a lost voice? Ice cream. <laughs> Stay with us on the other side of the break for a chance to win your very own BYU, a couple of gallons of your very own BYU creamy ice cream. Here with Greg, who's, uh, in, whose voice has entered the bye week, Mitch and myself. Uh, on the join us on the other side for the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Don't want anybody out there to mistake my raspy, uh, whiny voice that I got for the Golden Pipes of Greg Rubel. This is Riley Nelson filling in for Greg as he's dealing with uh, some laryngitis. And I, I've said this before, but we've uh, sent him early on into the bye week. So it's, you just got Mitch and I uh, driving the ship, but uh, we we still have Greg right there with his hand close to the wheel to make sure that we don't go too far off the road. And uh, he's also asking, or he's also directing us with the prompts from you all out there that are submitting here on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN to our Cougar Nation now. This one comes in. It's a two-parter. comes in from Brigham's Boys, at Brigham's Boys. He says, uh, I think I'll take the first and yeah. talk to the X's and O's, and then you take the second to talk more about maybe the mentality and leadership. He says, what do you chalk up the reason for the defensive performance? And that's the first parter. And then the second is, has Kalani's leadership scheme finally sunk in? So two things. I think... Um, they use strategic use of dialing up pressures to give the front four some and at least get Taylor Green thinking a little bit. Now it's hard because Boise put Taylor Green on on the uh, they put him on the move a lot, but I felt like they did a lot better job being disciplined on uh, on contain. I was hard on Tyler Batty one time when he lost contain on Taylor Green, uh, but the reality was it stood out with him losing contain in that spot stood out in this game because BYU had done such a good job of keeping contain and funneling guys up between the tackles uh and and then those guys you know 
Caden Hawes, Gabe Summers, Atunay Samahe, Luenza Faratea, like those guys answered the call by plugging the holes uh, up the middle there. So that's what I saw. And then on the back end, there were some times, you know, they were in cover two. They got gashed. Jalen Green threw a, a bunch of seam balls, and then they had some trouble in the first half with some, some play-action crossers uh, where they didn't drop deep enough. One of the things for you aspiring uh, linebackers or second-level zone defenders, sometimes DBs play second-level in the zone. When you're playing zone against the play-action, keep in mind, you, yeah, you got to keep your eye on the quarterback in case he triggers for the run, but you got to make sure and get your depth uh, in the zone where BYU a couple times. So it wasn't bottom line what I'm getting, and I'm getting maybe a little bit too far into the weeds. It wasn't perfect, but they were able to mix up zone and man. In I noticed in big situations, so in third downs or any of the long situations, rather than playing more conservatively, sitting back in zone, actually on third down in any second or longer than 10, they actually played man, so they played more aggressively, which I think is a counter strategy to what we've seen uh, recently out of this BYU team. So those are some of the things I saw schematically. What did you see from an attitude mentality standpoint? Yeah, and well, and just to, to piggyback off the scheme a little bit, uh, there were a couple times I saw a corner blitz. Um, and, and I don't know how much of it you know played an effect, but even on the first, uh, one of the first drives we saw, I think it was Jacob Robinson, he came in and on a blitz. And, and so it's just good to see some of those mix-ups. Um, as, as far as the mentality, um, you know, and, and I think it was Ben Bywater in his comments, uh, you know, as somebody had asked him about um, the defensive scheme, you know, what's changed since Kalani's taken over. And, um, and, and there hasn't been, there hasn't been too much, but what, what Kalani brings and what Ben touched on is just the energy and the confidence that he displays in his players. And w- what I noticed there out there is just a, a strong desire from an individual basis to, for them to do their 111th um, individual execution. We've seen um, on the defensive side, right? Uh, players trying to do too much, um, you know, whether it's uh, assignment, the missed assignments on the defense, but um, in missed tackles. And what we saw today from the BYU defense is a lot of open field tackles um, where players just doing their individual job. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, just their ability or Kalani's ability to lead this team, give them the confidence to do to execute on an individual level obviously helps the team the team effort in total and so um, I think it, I mean he absolutely has an impact and and what's really neat about this team is you see just how much these players love and respect Kalani and when Kalani took over and their backs are against the wall I guarantee you every single one of those players you know how many times would, would they tell each other hey do it for Kalani we've heard that I've heard that in the locker room um, and and these players wanted to give it their all. And I think we saw that finally in the execution aspect um, that this defense is just rallying around Kalani's ability to lead and, and, and doing it for him. So it was, it was great. I, I mean, here's hoping it continues through the rest of this season and uh, on into the Big 12, that they can capture this and, and recreate it, reproduce it. Yep. Looks like Greg's got a prompt for you, Mitch. Yep. So from Stephen Vincent, great question. And uh, I fully support this question. Um, Stephen says, I feel like Riley has really grown into his radio role. Great to listen to him. What kind of preparation does Riley go through each week to get ready? Well, I appreciate him saying grown because uh, I, I've, uh, I mean, I haven't done it. I, you hear b- bits and pieces, but uh, some of my first year stuff was a little rough. So thank you to you two, you know, as veterans uh, to be patient with me as I, as I have grown um, into doing it. Uh, and by the way, uh, apologies to anybody. My, my family's sitting there texting like, hey, Rye, hold your tongue. I think... <laughs> 
Greg was in the middle of a scoring summary read, and Jake Oldroyd kicked the ball out of bounds, and I groaned <laughs> live on the air. You know, and I still, Greg will be in the middle of the call sometimes, and I'll still, blur. I can't help myself, right? Like I said, uh, during the Puka catch, I kind of ruined his call by saying, wow, he caught it, like right in the middle of Greg's call. But uh, for you fr- for you fans out there, I hope you know, like I- I'm just one of you guys, right, that happen to be so lucky to, to wear it. But, okay, preparation. Uh, I'm lucky enough that uh, I get access to the players' film. That's my biggest prep. I typically watch uh, their two most recent games, and if there was another, like, if those are, have been against lesser opponents and I don't feel like I'm getting a good feel for what BYU is going to see, I, you know, we get every game that they played that, that season. And then I'll typically, in a good week, if, if work's light and uh, home life's not too crazy, I'll, I'll get to watch at least a little bit of every practice. But I try and watch Wednesday's practice, uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, because the reason for that is, that gives you a good feel of what has made it through Monday, Tuesday's trial and error period of the game. So I, I got a feel for what BYU is going to come out and, and and run that day. And then the last thing I'll say, as far as storylines and things go, obviously Shep puts together a script for the pregame show, and and as as long as Greg's script, so I, you know, kind of reading those, they they send those to us ahead of time, and so getting to read those for storylines. But really, it's interacting with you all out there, interacting with Cougar Nation, talking to you throughout the week as I'm going around and working and running to you to the supermarket. Uh, hearing what's on your guys' mind, it helps me uh, realize what's important for Cougar Nation to, um, you know, what they want to talk about and what they want to kind of hear us uh, talk about on the broadcast and, and weave in during both the pregame, the live game, and the postgame. Uh, one more uh, fan um, fan tweet before we give you the, the trivia question for tonight. This one comes from Brian Blanche, longtime listener and contributor. So thanks, Brian, for always being so consistent with us on the show. He says... BYU forced three Boise three and outs. BYU's offense had zero three and outs this game against number two rank, against the number two ranked defense in the country. Huge shift from previous weeks. Boy, was it ever! He says previous weeks. Mitch, uh, let's see. Do you, do you remember when was the last time that happened? No three and outs for BYU's offense. Ooh, this season. Yeah. Was it USF? Yeah, that was, was the first game, which was the like an, uh, which was an utter beating. So it's good to. I mean, this team and they they've said it. We talked about it in the pregame. Like they haven't put all the pieces together all in one game, but they're still there. And I'm glad to see they haven't been ex- extinguished. Right? Like they go back and do something that they did back against Week One against. Uh, I mean. Boise is a far a program in a far better place than than South Florida is. Yeah, I mean, and just overall, I mean, if you look at the stat line, and if you're just looking at total yards, offensively uh, going against the number one defense, 532 yards of offense against a team that gives up. 230 on average that's i mean just remarkable the ability i mean we saw that from the very first drive just the you know the the um effortless um ability that they got to just moving the ball down the field i mean the amount of first downs um and it was consistent um there were you know obviously the 19 targets for puka nakua had some carry or a couple carries maybe um and so he touched the ball a lot there was obviously a, a big emphasis to get him the ball but um in in big moments from the others that maybe weren't as involved, they made the play when they needed to. And so it's just great to see the offense come out against a very, very stingy defense and 
go for 500 plus yards, which we haven't seen offensively in a long time. Um, and then uh, obviously on the defensive side, 324 yards against, um, that is, uh, I mean, that's a winning recipe for any defense. And so shout out to Kalani, shout out to the guys for doing their job. And, um, it was, uh, it was impressive to watch. Yeah. Well done dudes. Enjoy the, enjoy the, the flight home and, uh, rest up this weekend with the extra hour of sleep. And of course, heading into the bye week get healthy and, uh, let's finish this thing strong. So, okay. Now, now, uh, including, so we want the, the team to finish the season strong, but we want you to finish our Cougar Nation Now show strong with the BYU Creamery Inside Scoop Trivia. The classic BYU tradition have a scoop today. This is for two half gallons of your favorite flavors. The uh, B, So the trivia question is this. Pukunuku's 14 catches tonight are tied for third all-time as BYU single uh, for single in-game receptions at BYU. Who are the only two BYU players with more catches in a single game. Are you one of them? Don't tell. But you might be. <laughs> we'll find out on the other side here on the BYU, on the new skin. BYU. I'm sorry, sorry. Oh, oh just thank you. Instructions. Yeah, make sure you submit to Twitter. Hashtag BYUCNN. Someone's probably already won it. There's so many different things. Guys, by the way, if I, all, all it's taken is tonight for me to gain an appreciation for Greg and all his reads and all the different. And also thank you to the sponsors, right? It's, it's throwing me for a loop, but it really does make you how many. It's not just uh, individuals that support the BYU program, but all the corporate sponsorship. Like New Skin, that is the title sponsor of the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Uh, We'll see you on the other side for the answer to the trivia question. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. And... uh, we got Greg. This is Riley filling in for Greg. And, uh, okay, I just uh, said it from Adam like 30 seconds ago, so I'm not going to forget it. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, so our inside scoop trivia on uh, the other side of the break was this. Puka Nakua had 14 catches tonight, ranking him third all-time for a single-game record, at tying him with a couple other players. Who, were, who was he tied with, Mitch? We were talking about it during the break. Um, so with 14, Reno Mahe, uh, Phil Odell against UTEP, and yeah. the Reno was against Hawaii. Reno on there twice. Pretty good company. Oh, no, one. He, he's oh. on there once. It was oh, Reno, okay. Reno at Hawaii had 14, and Phil Odell versus and UTEP then, and then Puka's also the third. had 14. Yeah, and then Puka's and then the third. So, yeah, Puka. I mean, that's, uh, that's great company. So the question was, he's third. Who are the only uh, two BYU players with more catches in a single game? And I think we, we, have, a unique, uh, we have a unique winner tonight. Before I tell you the answer, this is our first husband and wife, at least since I've joined the broadcast team, our first husband and wife team to win. So it's two half gallons. Each can order their own favorite flavor and uh, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, swap the spoons and share. Although, <laughs> be careful, you might catch what Greg has uh, in his throat. No, I don't think he's actually sick. I think the cords are just worn out. Okay, finally, the answer. The record, Jay Miller, 22, at New Mexico in 1973, catching the ball from BYU great and legend Gary Scheide. And then the second... Uh, was a game you played in? 
It was against who, Nevada. Who was it? How many catches? Mitch Matthews had 16 catches. Stilts um, out there with, uh, I, and I know he hates that nickname, by the way, but I'm sorry. I can't. He was a true <laughs> freshman, and come, I was upperclassman, and, and I know Mitch can take it, so i got to give it to him. Sorry, Greg. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. And the, the husband and wife, I, I got so excited about that. It's Preston and Kareen Arnold. At, at BYU Arnold's is their handle. So Preston and Kareen, um, get with, Greg's going to reach out to you via DM, so make sure you're checking that monitor and that. We'll make sure we get your ice cream for a nice little movie night, date night. Or uh, you can enjoy that ice cream. You're probably coming to the game. Um, but if not, uh, you can uh, if you do come to the game or if you watch it from home, you can enjoy that ice cream as a celebratory treat. In two weeks, I am, I am being very assumptive, but in two weeks when BYU takes on the are they they're still the Trailblazers, right? With the rebrand, rebrand, they didn't change it. The Trailblazers of Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State University, they've they're now in their second year, moving up into the uh, FCS ranks, and uh, they will take on the Cougars after the bye week this week. So that's in in two weeks on Saturday at 1 p.m. kickoff for Senior Day. You heard Kalani talk about the seniors. Uh, of course, call out to all uh, all Cougar Nation that can come to that game, support these seniors. Final home game of 2022. So. That has uh, been our Cougar Nation Now show and our broadcast today. 31-28, the BYU Cougars take down the Boise State Broncos in the last match here in Albertson Stadium for the foreseeable future. And, uh, boy, what a rivalry it's been. What an end. It always feels good. You know, BYU's going through, whether it's Utah or Utah State or Boise, they've ended all those rivalries as they enter the Big 12 on wins. And that's a really, uh, when you're not sure you're going to pick, the next time you're going to play your rival, it feels really good to have notched a win, to leave the sweet taste of victory in your mouth rather than the bitter taste of of defeat. So good job, 2022 Cougars, for handling business up here today. I do. I am not as nearly as articulate, nor uh, do I have possess the skills to go through our regular sign-offs. So for tonight, I'll just say for Greg, Mitch, and I, your on-air broadcast team, we thank you for tuning in with us. And again, join us uh, when the Cougars take on the Utah Tech Trailblazers in two weeks. Have a good night, and thank you.